Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have the beautiful Jamie joining us from South America all the way from Peru. Jamie, how are you? Good. I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Alejandra. Thank you so much, Jamie, for taking the time to be part of the Boss Babe series. Jamie, so in today's episode, we'll be talking about finding your own, is it your own true self, your own true calling? Yeah, absolutely. I thought we would dive into, you know, just some maybe like exercises or tools or questions to ask ourselves and how to discover your own soul, soul's calling. Yes. Lovely. I love it. I love it. Jamie, where are you based? I am in PSAC, Peru, which is in the Sacred Valley area. Lots of lovely, uh, stellar archaeological ruins, the Andean mountains. Yeah. PSAC, Peru. I love it. Thank you. Jamie, for the person that may not know, how could we describe what a soul calling is? Okay. Let's see here, Alejandra. For me, at least the way I experience, and I'll say also the way I observe it or bear witness to it in students and, and clients, the soul's calling feels like it is, we could start with seeing it or, or imagining it as a snowflake. And we all have that knowledge or understanding that every single snowflake is, is completely unique is, is, has its own design and no other snowflake is the same. And so there's this beautiful thing us as souls inhabiting these human bodies that each one of us is completely brilliantly unique. And in what we're doing here, in what we came to learn and what we came to experience as a soul. And so part of that is that soul's calling is that very specific blueprint or design, or again, thinking of it like a snowflake or a geometry, very specific imprint that we're here to express, experience, create, and share. For the person that may not know that may still not understand or that says well I don't know I don't know how I stand out I don't know how to figure this out I don't know how would how would so say for example in the world we live in so we're still rushing around we have to go to university you know we have so many things coming at us that it can sometimes be hard to listen to our own little voice yeah absolutely so the wonderful thing is that the soul's calling is always here with every single one of us right now, it cannot be diminished. It can't be, you know, chipped away at, it can't disappear. It can't be separated from us. We can't lose it. It's always here with us. And it's always actually, it's always kind of trying to get our attention. It it will do this for our entire lives. And some people, some of us, it takes till we're 60 or 70 that we're like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, I get it. I'm going to start doing that thing that feels like it's been here the whole time that I've always wanted to do, but been afraid to, or been hesitant to others come into this life. And from the get go, from the time they're five, they've been playing guitar and they knew that music was their thing. And there they go through their lives and they're a musician. Okay. So it's that thing within us that wants to come through. That's 
authentic. That's easy. I think it's interesting. Sometimes people think that, oh, my soul's calling has to be something like fantastic or complex or something beyond what I'm already doing. Or I have to go get a five-year degree to figure this out, or I have to go do tons and years of training. Well, the soul's calling is always sitting there with you. It's something that you do naturally. And so for instance, um, I'll give an example for me. I've, I've found throughout my whole life when I've had friends and family members or meet people, people often say to me, you know, I re- I'm so strange. I feel like I can just share anything with you or yeah. I've never shared that much with anybody yeah. or you're a really good listener. And they're, they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, it's just, it's just natural. Some of us, that's just what we're doing. And so that innate quality that comes easy for me, that's there all the time that I'm, I'm innately curious. I love listening to people's stories. I am happy to hold space for someone to share something tough. I'm glad to be in the presence of that. That's not uncomfortable. I'm not impatient. So that happens naturally for me. So that's an example or an aspect of part of my soul's calling. It shows up easily. And so therefore, when I'm out in the world with friends in relationships with family, uh, with clients in the work I do, it's important for me then that I'm able to work in such a way that I hold space for someone to talk through, to walk through, to listen, to be able to bear witness to difficult things and challenging stuff. So that would be something for me that's easy to express that I want to bring more of that into my life. That's just an example. I love it. That's an excellent example. Say, for example, because we do things naturally and and we kind of think, oh, well, you know, it comes so naturally. It's as if I've done this my whole life. However, some some people would struggle. Some people struggle with people opening up to them. Some people struggle um, holding space. So say, for example, for the individual that still kind of struggles to identify things, what would you recommend? Oh, great question. So there's a handful of things that any, any of us can ask ourselves at any time. And I promise you, wherever any, anybody listening, wherever you are right now, sitting there with yourself, there's one of two things happening. You either one are aware of things going on in your life, relationships, personal life, work life. You're aware of, there are things that you enjoy. There are things that light you up. There are things that you feel passionate about, and it may just be instances It may be here or there, maybe on a weekly basis, maybe when you're out walking your dog and you see how much your dog loves and does, and you're, you're, you're giving commands to your dog and your dog's so excited. And you're like, I really love this relationship with my dog. There's just something about it. I feel so fulfilled. So that's, that's one thing. The second thing that's always present with any one of us. What are those things that you're experiencing in your friendships and your relationships and your personal life and your work that feel like they drag your energy down that feel like every time you have to do it, you're like, Oh man. Okay. Here we go. Okay. You have to muster up some sort of strength or willpower. Those things that feel like it's just like, uh, that's my response to it. Every time I have to do that, that's something we can very quickly identify this is not something that sparks me. This is not something that is a soul's calling. It's not something that's like calling me. It's not something that lifts me up, brings me fulfillment, makes me feel like there's a purpose in life. So some of us are in a, in a space or time in our present day life right now, anybody listening, where maybe it's easier to identify the stuff that doesn't feel good. Oh, this doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. And we may find that 90% of it doesn't feel good. 
Well, I promise you that's a fantastic start to be honest with yourself that, oh my God, 90% of my life right now does not feel good. Fantastic. Start there. I promise you take one of those things and allow it to be out of your life. And you start open, opening up that space for what's actually there, that what does fulfill you, what does bring you purpose, what does bring you passion. Now, another thing we can do, here's a fun one. Anybody can do this right now. You can just think of somebody, whether it's a friend, family member, author, teacher, celebrity, athlete, whoever it is, someone in your community, you can just think right now of someone that you really admire, you really respect someone that you just have the utmost admiration for. And we can think of someone like that. And then for instance, I'll just say the first one that comes to mind for me, Marianne Williamson pops up. She ran for president in the United States. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. And I think she comes up. And one of the things I think about with her, I love that she speaks from the heart. What are the things that I love about this person or that I admire and respect about this person? Oh God, I love that she speaks from the heart. I love that she speaks her truth courageously, fearlessly, even when it doesn't match up with what everyone's saying around her. So then when we think of that person, we admire respect and we're able to identify what those characteristics are of that person. Use that as a mirror because then that also tells me, ah, that's what I value. I value that. I want to be that. I want to embody that. I want to speak courageously. I want to speak from the heart. I want to speak fearlessly, no matter what anyone thinks. I want, I want to be that strong. So it reflects back to us who we actually are or those things in us that we desire to strengthen. And so that's another sort of easy exercise to very quickly gain some information about who we are right now. That is an amazing exercise, both of them. I've actually done the first one. Um, I love that one only because I didn't know where to start and I felt lost. So you work backwards and you kind of say, this isn't for me, this this doesn't, because then it gives you that an idea of what you don't like. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want that. So what's the opposite to that to kind of replace what I don't like? And the second exercise, I've never actually done it, but slowly, sometimes I look at myself thinking like a role model, like a singer, like an artist, why is it that I'm drawn to them? Why do I find them just looking at their videos or why do I find them so inspirational so it just goes to show that some of the things we see in other people we have within ourselves yes yes there are things we even have in our because oftentimes in Alejandra you know I think a lot of us can relate to this we tend to be more sort of uplifting and supportive and and positive about other people than we are with ourselves we have a tendency our, our human ego has a tendency to sort of like you know oh I'm not that I'm not good enough I should you know it's just sort of the ego's voice but yeah so so if we're not in that place that we're able to see those things about ourselves right now and be like nice job yeah I am kind I love being kind if we can't do that with ourselves you know sometimes we can't we can see the kindness in this other person and go I love how kind they are if that's something I'm in admiration or respect of I must have that inside me yeah that must be a quality that's within me that I would like to strengthen because I love it so much in this other person I love it that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful practice I love it I love it how big is intuition in this role in the soul's calling (laughs) You know, that's a, that's a funny question because 
all of us are intuitive. Yeah. And I know when I say that I can feel listeners going, I'm not intuitive. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I got news for you. You are. Everyone is behaving intuitively. It's innate to our human experience and whether we're able to consciously recognize it yeah. or not, it's fine. It's, you know, unconsciously intuitive, consciously intuitive. It's still intuitive. So know that if, if it's something that's of interest to, to you and you're like, well, I want to plug into myself intuitively to know what my soul's calling is. You can absolutely do that. Anybody can. All it requires is sort of a quieting of the mind. A That's very of, hard. That's I so know hard. It can That's be. so hard. That's why also I'm like, hey, guys, you don't have to consciously be intuitive. That's why you can kind of answer some of these questions. And another just example that just pops up, Alejandra, you know, some of us have favorite brands. Yeah. And when I say that for me, the first one that comes up is Levi's jeans. And I don't mean to be a sponsor to add for that brand, but when I see that brand, why do I love that brand? I love that brand because they're durable. They're long lived. They have tradition. They've been around for ages. They last a long time. As a matter of fact, the longer you wear them, the better they get. (laughs) And then they always fit and they move with the human body. So They're like stylish, durable, and long-lived. So I can look at that brand and go, yeah, okay, that's why I love that brand. Well, that happens to be, if I use it as a mirror again, that happens to be what I value for myself too. I like things that last a long time that are high quality, that don't say something and then disappear and then you never see it again. Oh, I love it. I like things that get better with time, that have a life to them, that change and get even richer. So. You can use, if, if you're into brands, if you're into clothes, if you're into certain things, you can be like, what is it about that brand that I love? Then use it as a mirror to reflect, ah, uh, these are things that I value. Yeah. So we can kind of ask ourselves, what are my values? Not everybody's values are the same, nor need they be, or should they be? And if we're not able to go sometimes that question, Hey, what are your core inner values? It's like, Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot to ask. Okay. We'll start with the brand find this, like identify the brands that you love. Okay. Maybe just three. Okay. There, what is it about that brand? Start naming off some of those qualities. Then be like, ah, that's because that's what I value. Start being attentive to that. What do you start identifying across the board that your values are, you know? And then you can be like, okay, we'll start there. That doesn't have to be intuitive. Yeah. That can just be a very simple, straightforward answer. Ah, I value durability and something that lasts a long time and doesn't just disappear. I love I love that. I love that because in a way we become selective. We start opening our mind to new ideas, new thoughts. And we say, you know what? This is what I like. This is what I don't like. And within this journey, this is where we start to separate things, where it be values, where it be people, where it be communities, where it be like, you know what? You don't believe in the things I do. I cherish respect. I cherish loyalty. I cherish where it be commitment or hard work or honesty. And some other people may not. Mm-hmm. So, so this applies to everything. So we can do this in other areas of our life, where it be friendships, relationships, dating in our career. And this is what slowly makes us stronger and it builds us as a person. Yes. 
Yes. And, and I think sometimes Alejandra, I think where you're going with that too, what, what kind of unfolds is like, what can be challenging or difficult about this internal inquiry into what is my soul's calling? What do I love? What does bring me fulfillment? What does uplift me? What does bring me purpose? What does bring me joy? What are the things that feel like they drain my energy? What are the things that make me just want to like, Oh my gosh, Um, What do I admire and respect in other people? What are those values in those brands I love? When we start asking ourselves those questions, well, we're bound to discover more about ourselves and see ourselves more clearly. And when we do that, we may find, oh my goodness. Okay. I value longevity yet. I keep, I keep sort of trying to cultivate friendships with people who can't show up. Yeah. What am I doing here? What's the disconnect? What's the mismatch? Oh, you know, I'm afraid if I don't keep these friendships that I won't have friends. Yeah, but I feel like I value longevity even more. Maybe, maybe I need to reconsider my friendships. So absolutely, it will be a process that then invites us to kind of assess, all right, if these are your values and this feels like it's the things that bring you meaning and purpose, what's not matching up with that in your life? What would you say to the individual that whose values or whose ideas is not matching up in, in regards to values, but either they've, they've, whether it be a partner, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a colleague, and it's just not matching up anymore, but they're attached and they are so comfortable and they're worried or scared to let go. <laughs> um, Alejandra, I would, you know, honestly, and, and I say this just from my own also direct experience, sometimes I've had to hold on to something that's not worth it for years to really learn. Okay. That's not for me. You know, yeah. in, re- in recovery circles, they call it bottoming out. And they say that everybody has a different bottom. And what they mean by that, someone, one person, it might take them two months to bottom out on a bad relationship. That's Another good. person That's- might take them 10 years, you know, and there's this thing that, that we say, and that also when I work with spirit intuitively always comes through, there's a high level of respect given to the dignity of one's experience of there's no rush there's no rush. If you're in a relationship that feels like it's heading towards a dead end, or maybe has been at a dead end for two or three years, and you're still not ready to go. Okay. It sounds like you might have more lessons to learn in that relationship. And it might require another year or two of you being in it to really learn that lesson of, okay, I don't prefer that. Cool. And then guess what? You'll never do that again. And lesson learned, someone else may get just like a, a tinge of, uh, I've been dating this person for two months and I can feel that energy. I'm done. And you're off. I would prefer to be that person. You know, the two moms girl, I prefer to be that instead of the other girl, because the other girl gets attached and she, and she will literally, it's like, you know, when you hold onto something so tight, the rope, have you seen the image? Yes. That you hold on for too long and it starts cutting you and cutting you and you just want to hold on. Yes. Yes. I and, think that's me. And Alejandra, th- there's honestly like there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty in like the lesson that's learned over a long time. And that again, the soul of that person has come in and is like, we are going to learn this lesson this time. We are going to bottom out on it. We are going to do it for 10 years straight. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to 
the lesson's going to be learned at the soul level and we'll be able to move on to other lessons. So, so yeah, that's also just fine. And there's beauty in that too, but, and at any point, any one of us can ask that question, how is this relationship, whether it's intimate, romantic, friendship, family, whatever work, how is this relationship truly resonating with me at, at my soul level? at the soul's calling, at, in my authenticity. And when we ask ourselves those questions, expect to get some pretty straightforward answers. How do we get those answers in like, in like, of because we will always have advice from people, right? And then where it be family, where it be friends, or be everyone will always try and input their little bit. But how do you know which one to take? Because we can go with our own one, but if we haven't learned our lesson, we'll still be stuck there. Absolutely. And any of us who are still in that place or are in that place where we put a lot of weight on the opinions, the voices, the thoughts, the concerns of the people who are in our lives, again, friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, you know, the collective consciousness, my goodness you know, there's sort of human, there's this sort of human collective agreements of what we all think about things and what's okay. And so we can kind of feel the weight of those, even when it's not a specific person saying them, it's really important. And this is, I'm just, I know, even as I say this, I can feel this is not always easy. This is part of the soul's calling. Okay. When we unplug from those voices. And some of us, again, this is also part of the soul's lessons, learnings, love growth, that we may have people in our lives who are very controlling or very extrovert, you know, what you should do, you should do this. And you're like, well, I didn't really ask for your advice, but you're giving it to me again. And, um, you know, so we've, we've all, maybe some of us have people in our lives who they have a lot to say about what we should and shouldn't be doing. This is always, 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 always for everyone. And I wish there was an exception. There's not. This is always an opportunity to move through and beyond other people's opinions to get real with ourselves. So that person, for some reason, I'm feeling it as someone's mother. I don't know why right now, but someone's mother being like, well, you shouldn't be doing that. And if you're going to do that, you need to do it this way. And I don't like the way this looks to our family. And if you're going to do that, don't tell anybody because we don't want the family to think this, this, this. It's like, here's where we have an opportunity. Again, you want to connect with your own soul's calling. What is it? We can ask ourselves this. What is it about what my mother's saying that makes me contract, makes me feel afraid? Yeah. makes me feel small, makes me feel scared, makes me feel fear. Oh, when mom says I shouldn't behave this way or talk this way, that's how I talk. When, when I'm at work, the way I talk is perfect. But like, if I'm at home and with our family, my mom's saying, don't speak like that. It's like, but like, that's how I do what I do. So when my mom tells me don't speak like that, I feel like something that I do naturally, that's really beneficial for a lot of people. I'm being told is bad or to stop doing. And it gives us an opportunity. Well, I have a choice. Am I going to stop doing this for my mom? Or am I going to trust that this is coming through me because it's very purposeful and beneficial and in service to other people? And we have a choice. And sometimes again, Alejandra, we may choose, we may choose. I'm so scared of my mom. Yeah. I'm so scared if she doesn't, what if she disowns me? What if I continue to do this? I'm afraid I, I still feel like I need my mom's love. I'm afraid that she won't. We may do that for a few more years, or we may find ourselves going, hmm, 
mom, I love you. Thank you so much. I'm sure you've got my best intentions at heart and, and I appreciate that, but this thing that upsets you so much, I'm actually really good at, it's actually really beneficial at work. And if I don't do it, I'll lose my job. So I can't listen to you about that anymore. And I don't want to hear any more about it. I love you. Wow. Okay. So here we are. We can do that with love. Mom, I love you. I'm, I don't have any more room for you saying that anymore. Okay. Thanks. So we have that opportunity, but it might be new. It, but listen to this as I do that and say that to whoever's mother, this is it's, yeah. it's like, okay, as I say that I can feel myself go, okay. I just gave myself permission to be myself yeah, and therefore strengthened it. I love it. And boom, now I can move on and I can keep doing this thing. Now I won't have that sort of at work. I won't have that weird hesitation where I'm always hearing my mom go, don't, don't talk too loud. Don't be too direct. I'm like, oh my God, I, how, oh, I'm so confused. I'm sitting here with mom's mom on my shoulder. Now I'm like, mom's not on my shoulder anymore. Yeah. Now I'm going to work in the ways that I feel like are true for me that I see that are beneficial, that everyone appreciates at work and I get rewarded for. So yeah. That is so, so powerful because after you've done that, there's a, there's, there's not that heavy weight that you're carrying on your shoulders. Now you can think straight. Now ideas can come just a lot more clearer to you because you're not worried about what you, the other individual says or, or the pressure they may add or how they may react, if they'll like, it, if they don't, if they'll support, if they want support. So once that is all taken care of and you decide to let go and try to push through, then it's like, yes, we can. We're, we're moving forward. We're seeing things in a clearer light. Jamie, with regards to service, how important is service, whether it be professionally or vocationally in our soul's calling? Mm, yeah, everybody's in service to something. Yeah. So we can say just sort of at the ground level that, that we are at any given moment throughout the day, whether it's work-related or not, we're in service to something. And in, I'll say this sort of in, in my own intuitive understanding and my communication and, and experience with spirit over the many years, spirit always kind of breaks this down into two. Uh, basically you're, you're at any given moment, any one of us is either in service to ourselves or in service to others. And there's an interesting sort of subtlety here. Okay. Yeah. It is like a pure in service to self that we could probably, many of us in the audience listening can, can kind of think of people in the public eye that come up of like someone who's service to self, who is self-serving at all costs. I don't care what this does to the environment. I don't care how this harms other people. Yeah. I don't care how many people lose their jobs. I'm going to do this thing because I'm going to benefit from it. Yeah. And this is the priority. And this is the only thing I'm considering in doing this and making this decision and heading this direction and yeah. walking this path. So that's a very true, pure service, service to self service to others is when we say, okay, I'm doing this thing because I want to see our rivers clean up. I'm doing this thing because I've noticed there's a lot of homeless people in the city and I'm so tired of it. I feel like we have more resources and everyone should be cared for. Yeah. I'm doing this thing because I would really like for animals to have the same level of respect as humans. So it's something that you're recognizing there's a need out there from nature, from animals, from humans, from your family, from community, you're seeing a need that you want to be in service to, to benefit 
the lives or the life force of other beings. Now, what's interesting with that, Alejandra, is that there's also a component of when we're in service to ourself in that recognition that I am no different than you. I'm no different than the river. I'm no different than the planet. I'm no different than the homeless dog that walked down the road earlier. So when I'm in service to others, I'm also in service to myself in that we're all interconnected. So we have a choice. This is where, this is where also kind of that free will steps into. We have, and it's part of our soul's calling. Some of us you know, this is where sometimes people get a little upset and they're like, what? Oh my goodness. I thought everyone's here in service to the love and the light. It's like, nope, not, no, (laughs) it's not. Some people are here and their soul's calling is to be service to self in the purest sense. Some people's calling is here to be in service to others. You can also get clearer on your soul's calling by even when I'm talking on this podcast right now. And as I've talked about service to self and service to others, any one of us, anyone in the audience can kind of feel, oh yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit more self into myself. I want to kind of do these things ahead of everything else. Okay. You might, your soul's calling might be more in service to self. Someone who's like, I've always been so worried about the rivers and I've always wanted these things and it's in my heart and I can volunteer. Okay. You already know you're in service to others. So that can also help in strengthening the knowing of the soul's calling. Am I in service to self? Am I in service to others? I love, I love what you said. I love the way you said it for the listener that may have, because what you said was so deep that not everyone may understand that, right? Mm-hmm. So so one way of saying it, so for the people, let me give you just an example for the listeners that may not understand. So like Jamie said, one thing is you could be of service to others. And another thing is, so some people will work in the love and light and some people work where it be in the darkness or where it be, I'm going to please myself and get that. So for example, this could be, let me give you this, this, this example, like selling drugs, like, you know, this will cause a ripple effect in society where it be divorces, where it be ill health, where it be addiction, where it be debt, where there be so much destruction. But the individual that's selling drugs will say, this is a business. I need to look after my family. I need to look after myself. I am chasing wealth. So this is where we, we start to see where we stand or how you view things. Do you like to see people in pain? Do you like to see people hurt? Do you like to see people like their paths just become very cloudy? Because once you're under the influence of substance, divorces take place. Um, There's a lot of destruction and loss behind that. And that's where you start to realize, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like how this person operates. I don't like how, how, how this situation is evolving. And then you kind of decide, you know what, maybe not. Alejandra, that's great examples. Absolutely great examples. And I think it's interesting what you're saying too. Um, you know, at least one of the things that I see, or again, just like an internal intuitive understanding, uh, that's, that's just my own. It, it always seems to me, the majority of us as humans yeah. are more kind of, I'm going to call kind of like at that in-between gray area or fence yeah. riding space of like, similar to, like you were saying, someone who's selling drugs and recognizes this could cause harm. It could kill people. It could ruin families. Then that person goes home to his family and is a fantastic father and a loving husband. And, and you go, okay, well, is he good or bad? And it's like, I don't know. He looks like a mix of both. Like he's a really great dad. And as humans, we want to be able to be like, he's a bad guy or he's a good guy, but it's like really the majority of us are kind of 
in that gray area where sometimes we're kind of self-serving, sometimes we're in service to others. One of the things that is always clear to me from spirit, when we choose consciously, when we use the power of our free will to go, okay, I recognize I may be in the gray area. My heart feels like it wants to strengthen the service to others and do more of that and strengthen it. When we make that conscious choice to do it over and over and over again, and we recognize, oh, in this situation, I have an option right now. I could either like serve myself or serve someone else. I'll serve someone else. Okay, here we go. And we start strengthening that. We start strengthening our awareness and our understanding and our seeing and discerning of our own soul's calling. That gray area, oh, one day I'm going to do this, next day, that also kind of clouds over the the soul's calling. What would we say to the individual that's kind of in between? That's kind of like, I'm in this gray area. I want to be a good individual. But the problem is, is I'm behind. I'm stuck in debt. I've, so if I do, say, for example, if I get quick money, fast money, then maybe I can just get ahead, five steps ahead. And maybe I can turn good later on. Let's see. Let me just give me a second. Let's see what comes up in response to that. Does that make clear? Did I make myself no, it, clear? It does. It's funny. It's like, there's always this energy of like, yeah, you know, that's fine too. There's this energy that comes back of like, here's the thing, the more honest we can be with ourselves about where we are and the more we can be like, so, so the person that's like, okay, listen, I want to, I want to do these things. I kind of have this, it feels like I want to do these things for the betterment of my community. I've always wanted to kind of like open up that organization that works with kids after school and helps empower them and, and really kind of like have courage and confidence in their own lives. And in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to get out of the stat and and I think I'm going to go do some street hustling. I'm going to go sell some things kind of illegitimately and go make this fast money. Do you know why I say that? I say that because um because I was I went back home and obviously back home you don't get the same opportunities we have here. So for example, here we get furlough, so you get money into your account, like unemployment money. There you don't get nothing. So I've seen a lot of young girls turn into webcam models. So I was meeting all people from different walks of life and they're like, Yeah, this is where the money's at become a webcam model but then you this is this is a message for everyone that's listening not everything is for you just because people are making money one way does not mean that should be the way you make money too right I'm only saying this because I have people that look up to me I have younger siblings I act as a role model and just because one person makes money in a doing a it doesn't mean that you may not be able to make money the same amount of money or triple the amount of money doing other things right yeah so and and I love what you're saying because here's here's what's coming through is that also this idea in this scenario of like I'm gonna go make some quick money, whatever, whatever way there's yeah. is make the quick money. I'm gonna go make some quick money. I won't be able to do this unless I do it this way. Yeah, yeah. Let's pause there because that's a belief. And and when I say that, I, I want to be real sensitive here too that. I realize on this planet, everyone's having different experiences economically in different conditions of safety in the places where they live, of discrimination, of, you know, war, of attack, of unsafety. And so I want to, I want to be clear that when I say this, it's not a like, oh, wiping this, like, uh, you know, just towel over everything, but it is a belief 
I can't do this unless I do this thing. That's the only way I'll be resourced to have the thing or do the thing that I want to do. So what's important to acknowledge and you don't, no one has to, no one has to see that or recognize it as a belief, but that can also be helpful to go, okay, so what am I believing right now? If my values tell me I want to be in service to others, my values say, I want to help people. I want to help the kids after school, be courageous, be honest, be authentic. That means it's best if I'm courageous, honest, authentic, that I'm demonstrating those things that I want to bring out in other people. And that I look at this quick way to make money and I match it up against my values. And I realize it doesn't fully match. It is a choice. It is a choice, a conscious choice that any of us are making. Am I going to choose strengthening my values, my soul's calling, the feeling inside me, the authenticity? Am I going to trust that if I continue to strengthen that, that I'll continue to have the resources to have the opportunities that they'll come forward for me? Or do I just want to go ahead and do this thing and not worry about the values? So these are the options available. Now, again, from spirit, there's always kind of this feeling of like, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. It's just an opportunity to learn. And so it it can, it can feel bad when people we love, like you said, we watch them do things that we're like, oh my gosh, that's so out of character. Oh my gosh. I, I don't recognize them. Oh my gosh. I'm concerned about their safety. Yeah, yeah. You know, it can be upsetting. It can be upsetting. So, and you know, if that's the belief the person has at the yeah. time, so be it. Yeah. And and I only say this only because sometimes when we start to begin, how, how do I say it? Sometimes when we start to indulge in certain activities, it, it starts to mold us. Like some things from that world will slowly change your personality or the way of seeing things or the way you see the world or the way that lie or that soul calling. Mate, the, your soul calling will always be there, but yes. you it, it will take a little bit longer or just in that moment, it will be a little bit fuzzy only because you're so distracted and engulfed in certain activities or just like certain the way of doing things the way of expressing this your standards your values the way your respect and your self-worth Jamie is there an element of forgiveness to be able to go in and reach your soul's calling element of forgiveness in the way like say for example if maybe I don't know if we've gone through trauma or we have we didn't love ourselves enough to give ourselves that chance or we didn't think we could do better. So, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I feel exactly what you're saying. Like it requires to, to ask ourselves these questions, to be open and willing to see ourselves more clearly. And then in that seeing ourselves more clearly, Alejandra's, you just spoke recognizing, Oh, you know, I have this thought where I have this belief that I can only make money this way because growing up, I saw my mom do that or growing up, I was told that or growing up in my community, that's what women did, or that's what men did. And so that's been my experience. That's been how I, that's been normalized for me. And here I am as an adult, all of a sudden for the first time recognizing, oh my gosh, the only way I believe I can make money is if I bear my skin. But look, I'm looking around right now and look at all these other people who are resourced that are doing all sorts of really fantastically cool things. Okay. But then does that apply to me? Because I feel like it doesn't apply to me. I feel like I'm doomed to where I can only make money by sharing, shedding or bearing skin. Yeah. Like, okay, what is that? There's trauma behind that. There's, there's a distortion behind that. And I can work with that. Any of us can always. 
And it just, I just really want to convey that right now. Like no matter what limiting belief, what thoughts of unworthiness, unlovedness, no matter what distortions any of us have of what we can and can't do, what we're capable of, what's, what's available to us, what's not. All of these distortions, limiting beliefs, thoughts can come into our awareness for the first time in the light of day. And we can recognize, oh my gosh, I've always thought I was unworthy of this. And we can take that part of ourselves. And I invite anyone to kind of feel into this right now. We can take that part of ourselves and, oh my gosh, like right now, I just want to grab it like a small child and go get over here now. I love you to pieces. Like, Like, it's okay that you felt unworthy. It's okay that you had that abusive experience. It's okay that you had that demonstrated to you and you thought that was normal. Like, yeah, totally. And I'm bringing it to my chest and anyone can do this right now, bringing it to my chest. I'm just like, I love you. I'm going to love the crap out of you. You know, I, I love you. I see you, you are worthy. You're absolutely worthy. And we can start taking that part of ourselves and showing like, yeah, you're worthy. And then I'm going to speak to all of us here, folks, we're all magnificent. We're we're all here. Alejandra's here doing her magic, her soul calling here to shine light on things, illuminate things, kind of plant some seeds for all of us, sort of open our eyes and our hearts to everything that's out there for us. Thank you, Alejandra. (laughs) And every single one of you listening and watching and myself included, I promise you, we're all here with this brilliantly intelligent, loving thing imprint pulsing through us that wants to be shared, wants to be expressed, wants to be as curious, is ready to experience and do new things, is ready to share whatever it is with whoever it is, one or two people, or some people are meant to share with thousands of people. So I just want, if you've forgotten it, if any of us have forgotten it and man being human here on this planet, we do, we, we forget. Sometimes we forget often. I'm going to remind all of us right now. I promise you you're here for a beautiful purpose. And it's not something that only starts today. Now that you're aware of it, you've already been fulfilling it. You've already been a gift to the people in your life in all the ways that you have been. And I know as I'm saying this, you can feel into the ways, oh yeah, I make my family laugh. Oh yeah, I always surprise my family with gifts. Oh yeah, I always show up at my friend's house when when she needs help moving. You know those things that you do. You're a gift to this planet. You're a gift to the people, all the people that you've touched in your lives. You're going to continue to be that. This is just an opportunity when we talk about the soul's calling. It's an opportunity to really see that in yourself and remember it in this moment, even if we get, even if we forget 10 seconds from now. I love it. I love it. That's so beautiful. That's so powerful. And just doing, um, I love what you did about the exercise of bringing yourself to yourself, whoever that may be, where it be someone you love, where it be younger sibling or someone that may be on the other side of the world, someone that you may not be connecting with anymore. And just saying, listen, our baby, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You should see the light I see within you because sometimes we can see so much potential in someone, so much light, and they may not be, be able to see it for themselves at that given moment. And I, and I think sometimes that's the hardest when you could see so much potential in someone and 
they don't go after it or they're just a little bit like they have fuzzy thoughts at the moment but it's just letting them know that you're here and that whenever you can hold space or, or when they are ready for them to come to you then you'll be like okay I'm here for you I'm ready for you I hold space whenever you need me absolutely <laughs> Jamie I have a question so this is a deep question you may be like you know what I don't want to answer it. it's too much what advice would you give to someone that has hurt you in the past and are you talking about me specifically what no advice in, would in I- general in general it could be for you personally or just in general okay well it's interesting because the first thing I would do I'm thinking you know just for me specifically someone that I have felt hurt by in the yeah. past yeah, yeah. now notice, notice that I added a word there that I have felt hurt by, or I have experienced being hurt by now. So what that does is that puts, I'm going to say empowers me to recognize something has happened. This person said something, this person did something, this person behaved in such a way that I felt hurt. I experienced hurt. I experienced disconnection. I experienced feeling unloved. And so therefore I can recognize right away I can put the emphasis back on myself and I can go, okay, what is it about what happened or what was said or how that person behaved that resulted in me or caused me to feel or experience hurt? Well, that person wasn't honest with me. That person said one thing to my face and then was doing something behind my back and speaking to to other people about me. And then coming back to me and saying, no, I wasn't doing that. So I was being lied to. So that's how I felt hurt. Well, okay. So then the next question we can ask is, do I need that person to change? Does that person need to change? Do I want to continue a relationship with that person? That person has lied to me. They have not taken accountability. I've actually spoken to that person and said, Hey, straight up, like, it looks like you've lied to me because these two other people said this and you're doing this, you told me this. And the person's like, well, that's no big deal. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you, you lied to me and you don't think it's a problem at that point. Yeah. Of course I can go ahead because I love this person. I love this. And of course I can be like, oh my God, I love this person. And this person has lied to me and doesn't care about it. Oh my gosh. I feel so hurt. Okay. So I have all those emotions, those feelings and experiences, right? And I can ask the person, are you going to acknowledge that you've lied to me and that it was hurtful? Sometimes they don't. Right. Alejandra. So the person can be like, I don't know what you're talking about still. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, then I have no advice to share with them. I love it. They they haven't asked for it. They haven't taken any self-accountability or responsibility. I, I actually have no advice to share. If I did have advice to share, I might be concerned about is my expectation. And this is something we can ask ourselves. And is this my expectation? If I give this person advice, hey, exactly. you might not lie again. Am I trying to to expect an outcome where they recognize that they didn't lie and they apologize and I can go back to having a relationship with this person. Mm, Maybe about 70% of me feels like that may be the reason that's not the greatest reason for offering advice to someone. So then the other thing is too, the person says, I say, Oh my gosh, you realize you lied to me. And then you're not even taking responsibility for it. Well, and the person's like, well, how, how did you feel lied to? Okay. You said this, then you told these other people this. Oh, Oh yeah. Mm, Yeah. I can see. Yep. I can see how that might not feel great. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Did you get sorry? If only I had gotten sorry, I would have been very like, you know, (laughs) wow. But 
Alejandra, it doesn't, it, listen, the way this is going, it's like, I'm so sorry. I, I really, I was kind of putting my own needs first here. Yeah. And now that you say that, I can see how that might've been hurtful, but I kind of was just wanting this to happen. And that's why I said that. And then I go, well, is that how you're going to continue to behave? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay. 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 So then we get an opportunity to go, yeah. is this okay with me? Yeah. Does again, does this match up with what I value in relationships? Because again, we're going back to me, right? Because I value longevity. I value someone being able to show up. I value someone being able to be present and I value someone being able to be transparent and honest. Yeah. And I'm seeing very clearly this person is not at this time capable of that. So therefore I have a choice again, oh, I'll keep hanging out with this person, acting like everything's okay. No. And then, or I'll be like, thank you for the learning. Yeah. I now know I care about myself and my values more than I care about keeping this relationship. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. That's so, so powerful. Jamie, tell me about your cultivate your calling course. Yeah, great. Uh, the cultivate your calling course that I offer it's a four session course. So, so those of you that are listening today, um, my, during my, uh, 20 to 30 years of professional life, I've been a designer and a landscape architect, and I've always worked intuitively with, with that stuff. So my cultivate your calling course is specifically designed for what I would call soul inspired entrepreneurs and purpose-driven healers. So people who are stepping into their own work yeah. or starting an emerging business, people who are stepping into their own businesses, wanting to do their own work, have this special thing they want to share. And the Cultivate Your Calling course is a four session private course yeah. with lots of professional feedback that assists an emerging business in, or an emerging business owner in identifying their own core inner values that helps them recognize their own vibe and style and how to best communicate and portray that in the work they're doing. Also helps the client get clear on who their dream client is, that who specifically you want to be working with and for that's perfectly designed for you and the work that you do. And then the fourth thing is, is that it helps people to design their special offerings and get clear on what I call a brand narrative or their own perfect language for how they communicate about what they do. Cause every single one of us are different. So it's really to help somebody sort of sharpen up their language, their design, their branding for their business as they're stepping into it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's um very, very special and, and is very needed because if you're going from, say, for example, if you're pivoting from one career and you're stepping out, you may be kind of lost. You, you, you have the ideas, but you just don't know how to take action. So this is where the course comes in place, which is really, really good and works hand in hand for an individual that is about at cross lanes. That's just about to do that. Tell me about your intuitive readings. Yeah. So my intuitive readings, they're online, 60 minute private intuitive readings. And um, for those of you listening, I am what I would call an intuitive medium. I use those words just simply to describe that in the intuitive reading, I'm behaving intuitively using my multi-sensory abilities to connect with 
what I always see every person has is a spirit team and it includes your higher self and it includes all sorts of friends and beings, passed over loved ones, sometimes nature spirits, angels, all, all kinds of people, all kinds of beings that are very specific to you that are here helping you guide you, nurture you, encourage you, nudge you towards your highest path. And so during intuitive reading, I go over to your spirit team because they are the experts in you. And I ask them to share with me what they would have, you know, in regards to whatever your questions are during the intuitive reading. And sometimes, and often they'll also share all sorts of additional stuff that maybe the person receiving the intuitive reading hasn't really dreamed of, but is like, oh my gosh, I really needed to hear that. So the intuitive reading can help you connect with crossed over loved ones. It can help activate your intuition. It can give you guidance on your soul calling and purpose. It can help you share more love in relationships or recognize maybe where you can step up in your relationships. It can help with people who feel like they're ready to know more about their purpose. Yeah. These types of things. How many people, how many, um, how does it work? Group of angels, cross loved ones. How many, how, how big of a team could one individual have? <laughs> everyone's so different. Um, great question. Yeah. Everyone's so different. Um, some people show up and they've got one guide that's just sitting there strong, just like, mm, I'm with this person. It's like, okay, got it. Um, you know, another student that I worked with recently, when we looked into her in one of the sessions, she had concentric circles of beings around her. And I said, Whoa, is a full house in here, but it was just an expression of showing her that she's going to be working her own, you know, in her own life, she's going to be working intuitively and connecting with spirit for other people. And so it was just a representation of like your spirit team's pretty big because you you're going to be working with a lot of spirit. And then sometimes someone comes in and they've got like two or three family members around them who immediately are like, we want to share messages with this person. Uh, you know, that sometimes people's crossed over loved ones are their guardian angels that hang out with them. And people, you know, I happen to have clients that are like, yeah, I just feel like my grandma's always with me. It's like, yeah, she's on your spirit team. It's just very clear, you know, and some people show up and, and have a very strong connection with what I call cosmic friends. And so well, what's it, it a cosmic friend, you know, it's like some people call them extraterrestrials. Okay. Some people call them galactic friends. There's all sorts of names, but I would say multidimensional beings that yeah. appear a little differently. They may yeah. have like a human form, but maybe they're a little taller. Or maybe they've got three fingers instead of five. Yeah. And that's not meant to freak anyone out or anything. This is a vast universe with many different varieties, shapes, experiences of taking on physical forms. And we are not the only planet and we're not the only solar system and we're not the only galaxy and the universe is limitless in its expression. So even though it can seem strange to us as humans, it's also for me and my work, it's just very normal. Lovely. Um, so with regards to galactic friends, would they be on your spirit team or would they just be a friend that just pops up? Well, it could be either. It could be both. Like, like I've got one client. She has a load of Pleiadians show up with her every time. And I'm just like, oh my goodness gracious, it's your team again. Or for instance, in, in my own experience with my yeah. own team, I have one very distinct what I might call galactic friend yeah. who she seems very tall and she's made it very clear where she's from. And, and she's a friend of mine. And it feels like that we, our spirits have been connected across many lifetimes, but there's only one, you know? And so everyone's very different. There may be different times of our lives where 
a spirit team member or a galactic friend shows up, yep. it's very important for that time of life. And then maybe once we get through that growth or that learning or those lessons, that that spirit team member is like, okay, we're done. Great job. I'm hanging out here if you need I'm me, out. but I'm yeah. not. Yeah, but I'm not right here anymore, if that makes any sense. I love it. That's beautiful. That is so powerful. And with that, with that special message, we end today's show. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much for today's. You are something else. You are a fountain of knowledge, a fountain of purity, a fountain of wisdom. Your energy is so pure. There's so much light within you. You bring like a sense of calmness to to everything, to everywhere. And all the episodes have gone smoothly. And I'm so blessed to have been in contact with you. Thank you so much for being a part of Gentle Touch. Absolutely, Alejandra. And I appreciate you so much too. And thank you for all the work you do with Gentle Touch. It means a lot to all of us. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. Have a beautiful day, okay? Okay, you too. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.